The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 77th birthday today. Happy birthday to Sir Paul McCartney. Ah, yeah. Mm. Wasn't he just here? He was just here. He was, he was just, just in here. Arlington. Yeah, Arlington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Globe Life, right? At, yeah. I got to tell you, okay. as somebody who has stayed for a couple of like post-game uh, concerts mm-hmm. at the at Globe Life Park, which is where the Rangers play right now, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. First four through the door. Jacob John, Matt McSpadden, Guy Frazier, Rob Hadaway. And uh, a special shout out to Jessica Jennings, who I'd not normally see this high in the rankings, but she was number six. Oh, I know. And sitting to my right, the MySpace to my friendster, our West African prince, is Ishmael Johnson. Hello, Ish. Hey, what's up? It's not MySpace to uh, Zanga. Do you have a Zanga? Oh, yeah, I had a Zanga. (laughs) I had a Zanga. Tumblr's dead, right? Tumblr's Tumblr's basically dead. Yeah, basically officially dead. Tumblr's dead. Zanga. Uh, GeoCities. (laughs) <laughs> GeoCity, good God. GeoCities, uh, that was the one. That's about it. Think. Yeah, yeah. There's live journal, there live, live journal, live journal. Oh one. Yeah. yeah, that was that was very angsty. Yeah. <laughs> if you had a live journal, you had feelings. Live journal and Zanga were the were the artsy <laughs> ones. Today is Tuesday, June eighteenth, two thousand and nineteen. One hundred and sixty three days until Thanksgiving. Episode seven seventy seven seventy. The number of batters that Dave Baldwin faced in his illustrious Washington Senators career. Sure. One hundred forty five appearances from nineteen sixty six to nineteen sixty nine. On today's show, guys, we're going to wrap up our look, our class by class look at uh, what's in the two. 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football with a glance at Class 1A and the private school ranks. And then back after the show, Matt Stepp was on hand at uh, one of the 7-on-7 state qualifiers. Tyler, 7-on-7 seven seven SQT. Went out there. Call By the way, we are one week away. In like seven. a day. Oh, wow. oh, my God. Yeah, we're leaving tom- a week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow. We leave for College Station. Get ready for your 7-on-7 preview content, which will all launch on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yes, Woo. although I will say that the, the episode of Tep and Step, oh, yeah, that'll be, that'll we'll, be record on, we'll record on Monday. Yeah. It should be up Monday night. Anyway, uh, we'll talk with, we'll hear from DeSoto, new DeSoto coach Claude Mathis and new Tyler Chapel Hill coach Jeff Reardon. I mm-hmm. believe the first time we've spoken with both those gentlemen since they have taken their new gigs. We will hear from both of them coming up here at the back half of the show. Okay. Very briefly, before we get to Uh-oh. 1A in private schools. Oh, God. I need some help. Mm. Okay. Because we have a lot of smart people in the comments. Sure. Uh-huh. And also Matt Stepp. Uh, hey Okay. So, as many of you know, if, you, if you're followers of the show, I, we were gone. We were off the past couple of days because I was up. I went up to St. Louis to see some uh, my wife's family. Uh, my wife. Uh, my wife. Um, elite, elite first married tweet for Shahan Shea Raja. Yeah. Anyway. It was Hank's first plane ride. Yeah. Hank, of course, is six months old mm-hmm. now. He streaks at two. Yeah. He streaks at two. He made it. <laughs> uh-huh. He made it. Um, flight up there? Great. 
was he, he slept he fell asleep on the way up uh-huh. woke up about halfway through had plenty of toys fussed a little bit on the way down yeah sure a little bit but but overall it was like three minutes and then he was fine nice. like overall a plus on the way up good job way back oh Uh-oh. well flight was delayed which was a problem mm-hmm. yeah get on the plane we're out of a routine and we're out of a routine we feed him and then but he's still really really i mean he is screaming so he was setting you up he is screaming we're on the tarmac still we're still on the tarmac Uh, he's screaming and i'm thinking oh my god he's gonna be doing this for two hours yeah this is what's gonna happen yeah okay so he's still screaming. Yeah. This is like going on for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible. We're trying to shove the pacifier in his mouth, stuff like that. <laughs> That's what parenting is. It's shoving pacifier <laughs> in his mouth. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> okay. We are, we start, we start like going down the runway. He's still screaming, still screaming. Literally, we nose up and we are three feet off the ground. And it's like you flipped a switch. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he just knocks out. Dead silent. Whoo. Just like, what? <laughs> Quiet. And the, I, the gentleness of the, of the, the I don't the understand it. Yeah. I can't explain. Maybe it's the white noise. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe there was the a rumble. Sm- maybe there was a like small that, pressure that, change. That yeah. low rumble of some yeah. kind. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but he was great. The rest of the plane ride, fantastic. Okay. He was really. He fell asleep on his mom again. It was like uh, unbelievable. So if you have ever encountered this phenomenon, where a kid like shuts up on the way up. Mm-hmm. Please let me know why that happened because it is a – my wife and I are looking at my wife and I are looking at each other like, what just happened? Like, yeah. we were we were fully prepared to be the bad guy. Yeah. And all I'm thinking about is how Max is going to tell me on Tuesday's show, yeah, you're bad. You're a bad guy. Why I mean, you take a kid I still think you are. The right. kid yeah. The kid did cry for a long time. Yes, he on did. On a plane yes, that, I, that if I was on, I he could did. not get off. Uh, again, but – I, so if you can, if you have a scientific explanation on why that is, or an unscientific explanation, please let us know in the comments. <laughs> okay, let's get to our 1A preview. Uh, let's take a look at Class 1A. Of course, uh, you can find a big-time preview of the 2009, in the 2019 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Hits newsstands the first week in July. I believe subscribers should start receiving theirs the end of this week. I believe that's the case. I believe that's the case. Anyway, um, but they will get it early. They'll get it before the first week in July. That I can guarantee. Anyway, um, so the 1A preview. Uh, first and foremost, the 1A cover boy was written by Max Thompson. Oh, that's true. It was. It was. Wow, I know that guy. And you wrote I, about. I had the easiest story ever talking to Ben Crockett and his coach at, at McLean. Yes. That was, and Cl- uh, Clint Lemon. They were awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh my favorite anecdote from the story is probably just that Ben. There are two things that Clint Lemon was like unequivocal about. Number mm-hmm. one, he thinks that Ben Crockett's six-yard burst is as good as anyone in the states at mm. any level. He mm. he's like, I know he's you know he doesn't have the you know he's not as big as some of the five-star recruits or all that. He goes, but his football burst, his instinct plus the spring towards whatever he's doing, he thinks he can hang with anyone in the state. Which I don't know. Hard to disagree Hard with to the disagree. evidence, right? Yes. Um, number two, no one loves contact more than Ben Crockett, <laughs> so much so that he is not allowed on scout team yeah. because he hurts too many people. That'll that'll happen. So uh, everything we thought about Ben Crockett being a superhero at the six-man level is absolutely true, yeah. and they are fired up to do it again this year. They are fired up to do it again this year, um, and the 1A preview was written by Lehman Saunders. Lehman Saunders, our six-man insider, uh, wrote the, the 1A preview 
Um, great, just kind of a great look and, and kind of basically balancing the idea of um, six-man football is in many ways kind of always dominated by Blue Bloods. It's always dominated kind of by the same handful of teams. But there is this kind of, and you saw it last year, this kind of up-and-coming, rising surge of other teams that we haven't gotten used to. Um, uh, teams like Lakey. Uh, teams, uh, you know, uh, like who else? Balmeray, to a certain extent. What well, you know, they've been around for a while, um, but they—they're a team that I think you know could be there. Spur is another thing, uh, but you know, if you're looking for those uh, those those teams. Um, there is this kind of interesting mix of, of both the, the Blue Bloods and some newcomers like Noasis Canyon, Gorman, things like that. So we released the rankings, so we'll go through these a little bit quicker because uh, they're already out there on the social media. We posted them on, on Thursday because I didn't want to keep people waiting. Uh, but the, the top 10, we have expanded rankings in the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We ended up doing top 20s in Class 1A. Uh, I discussed this with, I'll be 100% transparent about this, Lehman Saunders and I discussed it. I said, we are happy to run top 25s. And he said, the problem is, you know, he's, he said, I feel really good about ranking the top 20. After that, it's just you know it's kind of a crapshoot. Free for all. It, yeah, it is yeah. because there's just not as many teams in class one uh, A. In fact, I can pull it up. Uh, but th- there's just you know when when we rank the top twenty five in class six A, we're ranking like or rather the top fifty in class one A. There's two hundred and fifty teams in class six A. Rather, um, when we're talking about each individual uh, division in class one A, we are talking about oh my gosh load. Um, you know, I think we're talking like 67 teams. Um, yeah, there's 69 teams Nice in Class 1A Division 2, and there's 73 in Class uh, 1A Division 1. Those are the smallest divisions. And so ranking the top 25, at that point, we'd just kind of be throwing names against the wall, and we, we want to have some sort of legitimacy to it. That's a, the honest truth of it. So we have top 20s in the magazine. We did release the top 10s. In Class, uh, we'll go Class 1A Division 1, rather. Uh, let's start with the uh, number 10 team in Class 1A Division 1. Uh, the uh, the Blum Bobcats, Blum clocks in at number 10, brings back five stars on both sides of the ball after a 9-3 and three year last year. Number 9, Borden County. Borden County, also 9-3, uh, another blue blood. You think about a team that won a title recently. Um, they bring back eight starters total from last year's team. Uh, Balmeray clocks in at number eight. Of course, Vance Jones will have his team ready to roll a 10-win team a year ago, and they bring back 10 starters. They're a team to be reckoned with. Number seven is Gorman, eight and five, a team that really surged last year. They bring back six starters, half their team from last year. Number six, maybe the team of the year last year, Lakey. Uh, the Eagles are back, and, and they are loaded for bear after a run to a state semifinal. Uh, they have eight starters back, four on both sides of the ball. They should be fun to watch. Garden City's at number five, 13. 13 and one a year ago, uh, but do, do do have some rebuilding to do with just one single starter back on the, oh, both each side of the ball. Number four, Sterling City. Sterling City is a team that I think is a sleeper. Uh, if you look at what they did last year, it doesn't necessarily jump off the page at you, but a ton of really interesting, talented players uh, coming back for Sterling City. Um, uh, keep an eye on, on Wyatt Cisco. They're kind of running back, defensive back uh, there. Number three, White Deer. White Deer clocks in at number three after a 10-3 and three year a year ago. I'm really interested in what White Deer has to offer this year, uh, specifically because I think that this is a team that, that's got playmakers all over the field, um, and, and they're in, in Region 1. They're going to have to get past number two, the defending state champs, McLean. McLean uh, does bring back pl- the player of the year, arguably the best player in six-man football uh, last year in Ben Crockett, uh, with apologies to people like Tehran Smith, but um, Ben Crockett is back, but they do have to replace uh, a fair number of kind of the surrounding pieces. 
which is why, number one, the Milford Bulldogs. Yes, Milford does lose some headliners like Teron Smith and Corbin Schrocki, but they bring back a ton of talent, including Ricky Pendleton, including Jashawn Brooks. This is going to be a team loaded for bear. Milford starts year number one in our 1A Division I rankings in Dave Campbell's Texas football. To 1A Division II we go. We'll start at number 10. How about the Blanket Tigers? Blanket, after an 11-1 year uh, a year ago, brings back eight starters, uh, four on both sides of the ball. Really interested in what Blanket is able to do in 2019. I think they're a deep sleeper there. They start the year number 10. Number nine, the Blackwell Hornets, 11-1 a year ago, and, and maybe looking for that big leap. We've kind of been waiting for Blackwell to have that leap, and we think that this could be the class to get there. Blackwell starts the year number nine. Number eight, Grand Falls Royalty, 10-3 a year ago, and lose just one starter off of last year's team. Grand Falls is a team that if you if you want to start buying in on a team uh, to, to go from outside the top three to a state champion, I think you could really sell me on, on uh, Grand Falls Royalty. They start the year number eight. Number seven, Calvert. The Trojans of Calvert, after an eight and three year ago, bring, uh, uh, bring back eight starters uh, total. This should be a team uh, that's going to be very, very strong. Number six, Iredell. The Dragons of Iredell are... Uh, Coming off of an 11-1 team, a, th- a team that we think could be very v- poised for another big leap uh, this year, even with a few pieces they have to replace. Into the top five, we go Motley County is number five. 11-2 a year ago, eight starters back on both sides, or rather, eight starters total. If they had eight starters back on both sides of six-man football, that would be illegal. Oakwood clocks in at number four in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Very interested in what Oakwood has coming back, especially defensively. Remember, this was a team that made it to a state semifinal a year ago, and it feels like this could be the, te- the year they get over the hump. Number three, a familiar t- name, Richland Springs. Uh, the Coyotes are. Uh, uh, it is with it is with uh, a heavy heart that I announce that they're at it again. Uh, <laughs> Richland Springs, of course, with eight state championships to their name. They have. Uh, they are 11 and, uh, 11 and 2 a year ago and, and with a remarkably, remarkably young team. Uh, keep an eye. New, they do have a new head coach in Jamie Rigdon, but uh, uh, he is a pair of talented sons in Matthew Rigdon and Griffin Rigdon that are going to be a handful. Number two. The two-time defending state champ, Strong Greyhounds, start the year number two. And and look, they have some rebuilding to do. But Dwayne Lee is one of the very best coaches in the state at any level. And he's going to have his boys ready to roll. Uh, uh, that is why, even though they have some pieces, they're losing a tremendous, probably the best senior class in Strong history. Um, they are losing that. But we have such faith in, in what uh, Coach Lee does there that we... Have no doubt they're going to be back in the mix, but they're not number one. Number one belongs to one of the great blue bloods of all time, the Jayton Jaybirds. Start the year number one, and we are very excited to see what Coach Josh Staneland brings for this team. They are going to be they're the the favorite out of Region Two, uh, uh, especially when they have Ty Scoggins uh, back in the mix, a two thousand yard rusher and who also had two or rather uh, one hundred twenty three tackles a year ago. The Jayton Jaybirds start the year number one in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Of course, expanded rankings can be found at uh, uh, in the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Hits newsstands the first week in July, or you can become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. On to the private school ranks we go, and uh, we, of course, have an expansive private school preview uh, in the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, including our private school cover boy, which was penned by... Ishmael Johnson. Yo, oh, wow. You did it. Wow. I know that guy. Yes. Okay. Um, you, who'd you write about? Uh, Wilson Long at Austin Regents. Yes. Uh, one of the kind of breakout prospects of the past season. 
Um, I talked to Co- I talked to him and Coach Beck Bryden, very helpful in getting all that arranged. Uh, very cool to talk to. Like mm-hmm. he he's he's one of those kids where you I ha- I went in with a couple questions, but he was so thorough at like a lot of his answers and so like i'll go in with like a softball right yeah. i'll go in with like you know something as simple as like where you think your game's most improved and he'll go in like oh my pocket presence and he'll go into like why his pocket why? presence is yeah. improved and it's like okay well when you have an interview subject like that it's really easy to come up with a good story and uh, i just kind of talked to him and coach bryden about why he's kind of made the impact he has he's not the biggest quarterback um and so for him to kind of stand out in the in the private school ranks especially when you consider that last year you know it was grant Ganell, right six mm-hmm. six you know 200 pound quarter like kind of the ideal mold wilson long's definitely not the biggest guy he's 511 510 probably a lot well under 200 pounds so he's you know he's a lot of his a lot of his uh attributes probably stand more in the intangible market Mm -hmm. as opposed to the physical market and um he was coming off an offer from tech i believe he decommitted he recently got an offer from harvard but these offers are starting to come in and it was just talking to him about his work ethic and just it was an interesting story about uh, him and coach bryden uh talking about how coach bryden's son was the quarterback Mm -hmm. and wilson long beat him out and yeah. it was like he had a tough decision to make. Luckily, Coach Bryden's son's a good athlete, and he was able to become an all-state receiver. But it was kind of that dynamic where he was like, okay, now he realizes he has something special on his hands with this kid. And Regents had made the state championship, I believe, the past two years since mm-hmm. taking since he took over. Um, and now he wants to kind of uh, conclude. They haven't won, so they want he wants to conclude his senior year with kind of that taking that final step and winning a state championship for regents so it's an outstanding story about austin regents a team that that we've certainly got our eye on heading into 2019 so for for those who have never flipped back to the private school section um take a look starts on page 375 in in the magazine uh we got i believe uh 16 pages of private school coverage um the way we do rankings is different there because as you know there are a variety of different leagues in each class in in uh, in the private schools and so you've got taps you've got uh, uh spc uh you've got uh let's see in, in the in the you've got tcal in this in the 11 man ranks um a few tcaf in the 11 man ranks as well and then down the six man ranks there's a variety of different leagues as well so mm-hmm. what we do is we end up splitting it up 11 man rankings and six man rankings so we are basically just ranking all the 11 man private school teams power rankings essentially we know that you know this would be very um it's it's almost kind of a, a think of it like class 6a in the sense that they're not pre-divided by divisions mm-hmm. so whereas longview starts a year number seven i don't know i don't know how the rankings from me in, in in the 6a rankings they would still be the favorite in division two does that make sense mm-hmm. i'm trying to trying to hammer this out there's no real good way to do it because uh, the district rankings are are kind of all cattywampus as well so these are the 11-man private school rankings in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Number 10, Fort Worth Nolan Catholic. After an unbelievable year last year, uh, I believe they are a private school team of the year last year. Um, after uh, running all the way to a regional semifinal uh, last year, Fort Worth coach David Bowden's squad Vikings are going to be back, especially with six stars back on offense. They do have to replace a number of key defenders, including I believe they lost Nana Asofa, uh, Asafo Mensa uh, up front. That's going to be a key uh, replacement, but they start the year number 10 in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Number nine is Dallas Christian. Uh, Dallas Christian uh, brings back a ton of really interesting playmakers, five starters on both sides of the ball. Uh, they're still stinging after losing to uh, to. Uh, 
uh, Fort Worth Christian in the playoffs last year, but we feel like they're going to be back. Dallas Christian's number nine. nine. Number eight is Houston uh, Houston St. Thomas. Our first Houston entry in the uh, in the uh, rankings uh, comes in here as a, a team that, that's easy to get behind because of what they've got coming back on defense. Six starters back on the defensive side of the ball. Number seven. The Argyle Argyle Liberty Christian, the Warriors, a state semifinalist from a year ago, uh, are are loaded for bear. Ten starters back. Uh, I believe they bring back 25 lettermen from last year's team, and that is a team that is a blue blood, a team that's always in the hunt. Keep an eye on Argyle Liberty Christian. Number six, the aforementioned Austin Regents. Austin Regents clocks in at number six in Dave Campbell's Texas football, a Division II state finalist uh, from a year ago, and they bring back arguably the most talented signal caller uh, in the private school ranks in Wilson long. They're going to be a team to keep an eye on, but don't sleep on that defense either. A lot of really good defenders coming back for that team. Number five, Dallas Parish Episcopal. Uh, it's going to be a lot of DFW area teams from here on out, and, and they are uh, one of the very best to state semifinalists uh, from a year ago. Brings back 11 starters uh, total. Number four, Plano Prestonwood. Remember them? Uh, they are uh, they are a team that I think feels like they they came up a little bit short last year. They they got upset by Argyle Liberty Christian in the region or in the regional semifinals. Feel like that even with some some key pieces to replace, Plano Prestonwood always has tons of talent. They start the year number four in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Number three, Dallas Bishop Lynch, a, the D one runner up from a year ago, uh, got edged by the next team on our list. To be to, to be honest. And uh, they, they feel like feels like they're going to come back uh, stronger than ever, especially with some outstanding playmakers offensively. Number two, Dallas Bishop Dunn, the reigning Division One in Taps state champions, um, are are a team that, that I think is going to surprise some people. I think that there's this notion that Bishop Dunn lost a ton of big time playmakers, and they did. Uh, but the Falcons are loaded once again, and Bishop Dunn uh, starts year number two and our favorite to win uh, Taps Division One and the number one team in our eleven man. Uh, our 11-man private school rankings. Cedar Hill Trinity. Uh, Cedar Hill Trinity Christian was the uh, the best private school team in the state last year on route to a TAPS Division II state championship. We feel like they are not going to slow down. Shador Sanders, their quarterback, has been absolutely outstanding. One of seven starters back on offense, five starters on defense. They are a factory out there in Cedar Hill. Cedar Hill Trinity Christian starts year number one at Dave Campbell's Texas Football's 11-man private school rankings. Quickly, let's go through the six-man rankings. Of course, you can find all these rankings in the 2019 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Uh, number 10, Austin Veritas, the defending um, the defending six, uh, TAPS six-man Division I state champions, uh, will be back. They start the year number 10. Number 9, New Braunfels Christian, a state semifinalist in Division II a year ago. Um, feels like they, they went out a little bit early, and they, they feel like they're they're back uh, for with a vengeance this year. New Braunfels Christian, number 9 in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Number 8, staying in TAPS Division II, Watauga Harvest Christian, a state semifinalist from a year ago, brings back all but one starter from last year's team. Keep an eye on them. They're going to be very hard to beat. Number seven, very interesting here, Gid- Giddings State School. Uh, you may not be familiar with Giddings State School. They are actually a, uh, a juvenile detention facility, uh, but this is a team that, that puts together a, a team every single year. They have to start from scratch, but the coaching staff there at Giddings State School is unbelievable. They got to a state semifinal a year ago and could be in for something bigger this year. Giddings State School starts the year number seven in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Number six, back up in Division One, it's the uh, it's Houston Emory Weiner. Uh, the school down there in the Houston area has sec- six starters back from both sides of the ball after getting edged by Austin Veritas, the, def- the uh, eventual state champion a year ago. 
They are going to be uh, back and hungry for more. Houston Emery Weiner starts the year number six. Number five, our one and only TAIAO squad, Bastrop Tribe Consolidated, the defending state champs who knocked off San Antonio Feast homeschool last year. They start the year number five, uh, brings back all but one starter. This is a team, I believe they lose two lettermen total. This is going to be a team to keep an eye on. Bastrop Tribe Consolidated starts the year number five. Number four, Gainesville Lone Star North. This is the school former known as Gainesville State School, another juvenile detention facility, uh, but this was a state finalist from a year ago. I feel like people may not necessarily remember this, but this was a squad that ran all the way to a state championship game in TAPS Division One. Keep an eye on Gainesville Lone Star North, formerly known as Gainesville State School. They start the year number four in Dave Campbell's Texas football. To number three we go, Dallas Lutheran starts the year number three in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Um, a team with a ton of pedigree. Dallas Lutheran is, is one of the best-known teams in six-man circles uh, in, in the private school ranks. They're going to be back in the mix. They start the year number three. Number two, the defending Division Three state champion, Baytown Christian, uh, ran to a 14-0 mark last year, have some holes to fill, but we believe they start the year the favorite in Division Three. They start the year number two in Dave Campbell's Texas football and the number one team in the six-man rankings of private schools in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Bolverde Bracken Christian uh, coming off another 13-0 season. They knocked off Huntsville Alpha Omega in the Division Two state championships team uh last year. They bring back more than half of their squad. Bolverde Bracken Christian starts year number one in Dave Campbell's Texas football's private school six-man rankings. And there you go. Complete rankings can be found in the 2019 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football, which you can, uh, which will hit newsstands the first week in July. Or you can become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider, texasfootball.com insider, and we will mail you one right now. So become a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com insider. Matt Stepp was out in Tyler this week, or last week, talking with a number of coaches at a state qualifying tournament for 7-on-7. Seven seven. One of the guys he caught up with, the once and future coach of the DeSoto Eagles, Coach Claude Mathis, uh, moves back to uh, DeSoto after a spell at SMU and then in Marshall. He's back at DeSoto. Matt Stepp caught up with him. Here's Matt Stepp's conversation with DeSoto coach Claude Mathis here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas football out here at the Tyler 707 State Qualifying Tournament. Here with the new head coach and old head coach of the DeSoto Eagles, Coach Claude Mathis. Uh, coach, thanks for taking a few minutes to uh, chat with us. You got a busy morning ahead and you had a little bit of a drive, so we appreciate you. Yeah, I used to drive, though. Used to the drive. Used to going to Marsh and coming back this way, so uh, it's a wonderful morning. I enjoyed the I-20 this morning. Wasn't that bad? No, it wasn't. Traffic wasn't too bad, so that was good. And maybe uh, afterwards we'll get some Stanley's barbecue. Yeah, something like that. I know I'm going to be hungry. I haven't eaten breakfast right now, but uh, I'm quite sure I would after we get done. <laughs> all right, Coach. Uh, so, uh, you know, we've got 7-on-7 this morning, and I know uh, for you, uh, all your stops in, in the coaching, you know, in the high school coaching ranks, you guys have done 7-on-7. You feel like it's important. Um, just for, for someone who, who's not familiar with, with you and your philosophy on 7-on-7, why is it important to you and your program? Why is it important to go to the state tournament? And then maybe when you're at a tournament, what are you looking to see out of your kids when they're competing today? Well, for us, it helps us out, especially with our offensive defense, especially with our philosophy that we have, man. I mean, it gives a chance for our receivers and quarterbacks to get on the same page, get a chance for our defense uh, to communicate a little bit more in the secondary than what they have been, uh, especially putting the new offense and defense in that we're doing this year. So uh, it's going to help all our kids out, and they're new. they got to get to know one another. So the more of these we play, it's the more it's going to help us out. 
All right, now uh, your kids are new and the coaches staff's new. And I know a lot of new coaches, new faces uh, are here at DeSoto, um, and you guys were able to kind of implement some things in spring ball. Uh, overall, um, would you, how would you assess your your, uh, your kids' performance during spring ball? And then what were you guys looking to get out of spring practice this year? Well, you know, we were uh, coaching with some coaches short this year, and, you know, our, everybody had to pull their weight, and the kids adjusted well. I thought our kids uh, did a great job in uh, getting the offense known. I mean, it's not – too far as it wasn't that old of offense, it's still the same offense, but we just added some new wrinkles to it. Uh, defense, the whole new philosophy on defense and everything, but it was a chance for our coaches to get to know our kids and put them in, their, in, the, in the correct spot to be successful right now. And, you know, it, it took a while. It really did. It took a while for our kids to get going and everything, but they're going right now and they're playing well. Did you come out of spring ball healthy? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We wanted to get out of a lot of our goals. We want to accomplish this year is basically install. We installed our offense and defense to make sure our kids knew it in and out. But fundamentals, I mean, I was big on fundamentals this spring, as I am always. But our kids needed a lot of fundamentals this year, and uh, it really paid off this spring. But health-wise, we're, we're pretty dang good. Now, uh, you know, coaching is a relationship business. You know, you, you have to develop relationships with your kids. And because, you, you know, these kids, you know, you, you were gone for a few years, so you don't know a lot of these kids as well. Uh, as far as how important is that, just building that relationship, not only on the field but off the field, you know, in the classroom as the kids get comfortable with their coaches in the classroom and in the school building as well? Hey, you know what? We talk about that all the time, especially when I was with Coach Morris, it's about developing relationships. And, you know, I always talk to my coaches all the time about building relationships, knowing their kid, knowing their, their kids at their positions, knowing what, what their favorite sport is their, their color is uh, who is their girlfriend if they have a girlfriend what's their favorite food we need to know all this about our kids because you know our kids are gonna have some bad days too as well and we got to understand those guys that everything's not gonna be great so when they are having a bad day we need to know that so building relationships is important especially with coaches and the coaching profession as well but mainly for us knowing our kids is huge all right now final question for you we look ahead at 2019 and uh you know UIL doesn't do you guys any favors any year. You know, when you're on the I-20 corridor, it's it's always tough. And, and District 76A is is going to be a beast again this year. There's a lot of, lot of good football, a lot of great coaches. Uh, when Eagle fans, uh, when you guys take the field against Odessa Permian uh, at the end of August, what kind of what's the personality of the Eagles going to be next year, and what kind of team can DeSoto fans expect to see? Well, our guys going to be excited. You know, it'll be their first home game, and you know it's uh, Mojo coming in out of, out of out of West Texas, and everybody knows about Mojo Friday Night Lights. So our kids going to be excited. I think these guys right here, they're 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 all about business. They're serious. I mean, these guys were they they're they're hungry. They want to win. Um, they, they work hard. They work really hard. I mean, I, I've never really seen anything like it um, with my in a first year setting as as I am right now. But these guys, they're they're, they're going to be excited, man. They're going to be real excited. But they work hard. They work very hard. Coach, I appreciate your time. Enjoy watching your kids compete today. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll see you in College Station in a couple of weeks. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. Thanks again, Matt. Always. There he is, Claude Mathis, the once and future coach of the DeSoto Eagles. Chat with Matt Stepp. Appreciate him taking a little bit of time uh, to talk with Stepp there at the uh, state qualifying tournament for 7-on-7 seven seven, uh, in uh, in Tyler. He's a guy who, um, you know, of course has a, you know, people know about. This is a, a guy that we, we feel like is going to be able to uh, put a stamp on this program. And by the way, DeSoto did qualify for the state qual- state cha- uh, tournament, so they will be down in College Station. In one try, by the way. Next so you remember they were suspended for a full season after oh, the fight right. last year. That's right. This was their only chance to get in. And wow. I got in. One try got in. Whew. Wow. Yeah, baby. That's, uh, that's, that's riding the lightning, baby. Yeah. Um, another guy that we caught up with out there in um, uh, in rather step caught up with out in Tyler is a guy who's become a local. Uh, the new head coach of the Tyler Chapel Hill God, what is Bulldogs. it? Bulldogs, thank you. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just back from vacation. Tyler Chapel Hill Bulldogs. Uh, coach Jeff Reardon um, going from going from Cougars to Bulldogs. That's a uh, that's going to take a minute. 
Like him, him being in a new school is going to take me a minute. But anyway, Tyler Chapel Hill Bulldogs, new coach Jeff Reardon. Here's Matt Sub's conversation with Jeff Reardon here on Texas Football Today. Matt Step, Dave Campbell's Texas Football out here at the Tyler 7-on-7 State Qualifying Tournament. Here with the new head coach, the Chapel Hill Bulldogs, and uh, a familiar face for Texas football today, uh, watchers, uh, Jeff Reardon. Uh, coach, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with us before your uh, kids get going today. Man, I appreciate you having me on, Step. All right, now you're a veteran of these things, so you know you know all the hard-hitting questions that I'm going to ask, yeah. of course. So uh, I know uh, I tried to prep you a little bit, but um, overall, you know, Chapel Hill, it, it's a place that, that has some tradition. They've won in the past. They haven't had as much uh, success recently. So coming in as, as, as the new guy, what's been the biggest focus for you and your coaching staff uh, working with your kids this offseason? I don't know. One of the big things I told them when I came came in is the, the little things are going to make the big things happen. Uh, and told them when I had – that first team meeting with them, the kids I have in this room look just as good as the kids I have in Crosby, or, or, or even better. Uh, the the difference what set Crosby apart from a lot of places was the buy-in, uh, the kids being accountable, the kids uh, working hard, the kids uh, you know just showing up for everything. So that was one of the things that we had to to get right, just the little things, dressing the same, being on time, uh, the accountability. But the but the great thing is these kids were hungry for that. Oh man, they were hungry for that, and, and everything that I've brought to the table and brought to Chapel Hill with me. They're just soaking it up, and and, and we're gonna we're gonna be okay. All right, now uh, you, you, so you mentioned the buy-in with your kids, uh, and, and there's buy-in for the kids for the for the new coaches. How do you feel like you and your staff have adjusted to your kids? Because that's always people don't think about how tough that is. You, you got to learn these kids' names. You got to try to build those relationships. How do you feel like you and your coaching staff in the short time you've been in Chapel Hill have done in building that relationship with your kids and learning uh, learning your kids? I think just being around, uh, you know, just keeping the weight room open, taking kids home, uh, doing the little things to, to build those relationships, spending the time with them to, to teach them the offense or defense. Uh, you know, when you do chew their butt, go talk to them afterwards, explain to the, re you know, the reasons that uh, we're trying to do that. It's, it's for their own good and, and for the betterment of the team. Uh, but it's been great, man. The kids have really loved the, the time that these coaches are, are, are sacrificing to be with them and, and uh, make them, make them uh, great, I guess you could say. is the, These kids uh, – Man, they just they bought in so much that uh, you know I'm excited to see what they do next fall. All right, now uh, the, you you guys are playing seven on seven. This is your uh, fourth tournament of the summer. Right. You guys have had a good summer. You've gone six and three. Haven't qualified yet, but I mean six and three I think is a successful summer. Uh, what have you learned watching your kids compete in these seven on seven state qualifying terms? What have you learned about your kids maybe that you didn't know about them before you got to watch them compete? You know, I think. They just didn't expect to win, and and now that they're 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 winning and tasting that success a little bit, it's starting to be the expectation, uh, and they're not liking the, to lose. Uh, so they're doing whatever they got to do to win. But just the attitude, the the response to adversity, uh, you know, the situation, the game like situations that the kids are being put in, uh, is just going to be benefit to us during the season. Uh, you know, and our kids run it. We don't have a seven-on-seven co seven coach. I let my quarterback and my defensive guys call the plays and run it, and uh, these guys are. You know, with, with five days of offense and five days of defense in the spring, with short spring as far as football is concerned for us, uh, we're way ahead of the game. It's it's unbelievable what they've retained from what we did in the spring. And uh, I, I, no doubt you and your coaches are uh, taking notes over here in the end zones, aren't you? Oh, yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, you know, the biggest thing for our kids to, to play seven-on-seven seven is they got to show up for workouts. Uh, so that accountability factor is already in place. And, uh, you know, we're going to know the guys that are going to be able to play for us in the fall by uh, some of the plays that they're making here in the – Seven on seven time. Attendance has been good so far. Yeah, no, unbelievable. Yeah, we've had great numbers. Uh, you know, you know, you you set the expectation as a coach, and the kids arise to that expectation. And it's it's been nice. 
All right, now how big has it been for the UIL, the, the, the two hours a week for skill-specific instruction? I know coaches are kind of using it differently. Some are using 30 minutes a day, some of them do an hour for two days a week. Um, how big is that and how helpful is that for you and your kids? Man, it's huge for uh, a new new coach and new staff coming in. I mean, we're getting to teach our offense and defense. We're getting to, I mean, it's an extension of the spring for us. That's why I wasn't so concerned with uh, implementing offense and defense in the spring. I was more concerned with imp implementing the little things as far as like discipline and accountability and all those things. So uh, it's been it's been really beneficial for us, uh, you know, just being able to fine tune some things. And, you know, we're out here at 707 and we see some things that we need to fix and we can go fix it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday during uh, summer. All right, now you guys are in one of the toughest districts in the state. There's no doubt about it. East Texas 4A football is, to me, the best in the state. So every week it's a grind. I know you're looking forward to the challenge, and it's exciting. But when, when Bulldog fans uh, see their team take the field at the end of August, what, what do you feel like the personality of your ball club is going to be? I think we're just going to have the expectation to win. It's, uh, you know, the, the mentality and the culture is changing uh, pretty fast here. Uh, the kids, uh, we've got talent. we got the ability. we got kids that, that know how to work and know how to win. So, uh, you know, one of the kids asked me the other day, Coach, what do you think we're going to do in district? I said, you know, I, I expect us going to win. Uh, you know, I didn't come here to lose, and I think we got just enough talent uh, in Chapel Hill to do that. We just got to get the little things fixed, and we'll be okay. All right, final question for you now. Uh, you, you are not from this area, uh, but your better half, the lovely Mrs. Reardon, is from this area, and I'm sure she knows the lay of the land a little bit. So uh, what, what are some of the, 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 the Reardon favorite spots to get a, get a bite to eat in Tyler that you've found out so far? Well, you know Stanley's is the best. Yes. Uh, we go to Stanley's uh, quite often, but uh, uh, there, there's there's a lot of places. There's Mikado's. Uh, if you like Mexican food, there's Manny's. If you like Mexican food, and if you're going to want to go right down the road about 25 minutes, the best pizza in Texas is at Doc's in Lindell. Uh, so that, those are three spots that we hit pretty regularly. Doc's Pizza in Lindell. I, I know uh, the the guys in the office, especially Max. He's a pizza guy, living in New York. So Doc's Pizza in Lindell. That's that's where it's at. Yeah, that's where it's at. Yes. All right. There you have it. Coach, appreciate your time. I enjoy watching your kids compete today, and uh, good luck in 2018. Appreciate it, Thank you. There he is, Jeff Reardon, new head coach of the Tyler Chapel Hill Bulldogs, joining us here on Texas Football Today. Uh, appreciate Coach uh, Reardon's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. I thought it was interesting, uh, them talking about the, the new two-hour rule and how huge mm -hmm. it is for a new head coach, something that probably goes on the radar for most fans, but I'm really glad that Step asked about it because mm – -hmm. You know, any new head coach, we talk about this all the time, you get hired and you only have so much time to get these kids ready for the new season, and then it's there. Right. right. And this little, little rule change allows you to really work some nuance into uh, your training over the summer. I think that's uh, not a big surprise there that Coach Reardon's a big fan of it. Um, let's see here. I want to remind you about this, Greg, because yes, I'm, I'm taking care of your producing for the show tomorrow. Yay. Remember before you left, Tony Blaylock asked, now that we've seen your top tens, what teams outside your top tens have the best chance to win a state mm, title? That seems like a good question. I say we crunch the numbers, and we'll talk about that uh, maybe tomorrow. I like it. Uh, Clint Gould, our man down in Wimberley, so he's a little biased. Uh, who's, and also gave us a shout, says, hey, I, I, you know, you're my guys. I'm not trying to pick on you. He goes, but he has, how the heck have y'all picked Quero to be in the top ten? They lost 40-plus seniors this right. year, and almost all of them are starters. Mm -hmm. That part, Clint makes a valid point. Fair. His final sentence is where he takes crazy pills. They won't be a state championship team for another 30 years. I mean, that's a bit excessive, Clint, and I think you know that. He also said he's barbecuing a brisket this weekend if we'd like to come over. Um, all those things are nice. Um, not what you said about Quero. Um, so, <laughs> well, here, that's just mean. Well, uh, so here's, here's the thing. is, yeah. is that Essentially, um, when, you, when you take a look at Quero, um, this is also a team – that I think you have to, like, one thing we always try to keep in mind 
is um, is the path that they have to walk. Yeah. Right. This is a, a team that's coming out of Region Four, and a path that he would be Clint would be very familiar with as a Wimberley fan. Absolutely. Yeah. If you take a look at if you take a look at Region Four, yeah. plain and simple, I think that they are the strongest team in Region 4. I will also say this, and I don't love to, to throw this out there as an excuse, because it's not an excuse. I stand by our rankings. But I'll also say that we asked the coaches. Yeah. Uh, we asked them whenever they turn their questionnaire, uh, we need you to rank uh, the top five. We need to rank your district. Mm-hmm. We ask you to rank the top five teams in your district and rank or region and top five teams in your state. In the state, rather. In your classification. Um, and the coaches unequivocally picked them number one in Region 4. And by the way, they picked them higher than we have them in the statewide rankings. Um, and we we want you know coaches know these teams better than we do, and that's why we we consider that. You're absolutely right. They lose 28 lettermen. They lose one of the most decorated senior classes in in the state. But they also have a state championship head coach still in the mix, in Travis Reeve. They still have a number of big time playmakers from especially on the defensive side from from this team. I don't think they're going away. Do I think they're going to win a state championship? I mean, we don't we don't rank them number one. Yeah. But I will say, I, I think that if you think that they're just going to go away. By the way, 9-0 JV team last year. Yeah. So it's not like they are just, you know, they, they, that the cupboard is completely empty. So um, I understand your point. And obviously, Jordan Whittington is not going to be there. Yep. But I, I think that the idea that they are suddenly going to tumble out of statewide contention, I think, is uh, not what i foresee well said my friend tony blay likes his baird a school board approved playing an outlaw Hmm. six-man schedule last night is playing six-man becoming more acceptable to more schools i think that it is becoming yes first and foremost i think that i think that that people are starting to recognize that six-man football is football Mm -hmm. and it it you know it's not any better or worse than than 11-man football you can win a state title you win a state title (laughs) there's that i also think that you are having that to get into demographics here for a moment, and and the census is coming up. Um, you are having small towns getting smaller, and as a result, what's ending up happening at places like Baird is that you're faced with a choice, yeah. which is we can play six man football, or we can. It won't happen next year, and it may not happen the year after that, but we may be staring down the barrel of not having football. Yeah, and. Mm. If the choice is between those two, I think that the choice is obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also think, I, again, I also think that there's more exposure for six minute football. I think it's becoming more acceptable and it's becoming more accepted as a as a you know valuable and important piece of the football landscape here. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that, and and they're not the only ones. By the way, this happens every year. There's a couple of teams that mm-hmm. opt to go down. Lakey did it in two thousand a couple of yeah. years ago, and look at them. They were state semifinals a year ago. You can have success. And there is value in being the big fish in the small pond, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. Yeah. Uh, Jacob John, two questions. He says, what's the best private school rivalry in the state? And B, is there a private public school game that grabs your attention this year? I haven't looked over the st- schedules yet. so We're, I, uh, we're I'll afraid take, to look at the schedules. I'll take, this, I'll take the second part first. I've been decompressing here for a moment. <laughs> but I will start taking a look at the schedules. There's always a handful yeah. um, of, of intriguing private school matchups. Um, probably one of the best rivalries in, in private schools is, um, is Bishop Lynch, Bishop Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, the, in in the Dallas area, I know Strake and St. Thomas. Strake and St. Thomas. Um, Strake and Strake Jesuit used to play yeah. for a while, and they called it the Jesuit Bowl. 
Um, that's another that's another big one. And then if you get down to the six Dallas and Strake. Yeah. 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 Dallas, I'm sorry, Dallas Jesuit and yeah. Houston Strake Jesuit. Jesuit bowl. Um, that was a Jesuit bowl. Uh, and if you get down to the six man rankings, there are six man um, classification rather in, in six in private schools. You get a lot of these because these teams play each other so much yeah. that whereas when we get to eleven man and up in like six A and stuff like that. It's kind of it's not rare, but it's a little bit. Oh, hey, look! It's interesting that they are playing each other for the second time. Yeah, um, that is not rare, and uh, that's less rare in six man football or in private school six man football. And so you, when you play each other twice a season, you see each other twice as much. You start to develop those kinds of rivalries. So um, that is a way for me to dance around that question without having a name. Well, and yeah, like I'm I not like seeing many right now. I'm just looking up the big names, mm-hmm. the big schools yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing many. I haven't seen a, but also. As we said last week and the week before, we we haven't quite entered that phase where we're done with the magazine and ready to start looking and planning yeah. our season yet. We've had, we we always have every week we have, right now we have people asking, "Hey, when are you guys? Uh, what games are you going to be at?" And look, yeah. you want to talk to Step about that? Step knows. Step knows Step's like right. Step's, per, Step's schedule is like ninety percent baked ish. Tepper and I refuse to look <laughs> at the schedule yet. Literally today, we were talking about how. Um, we were talking about something having to do with six man or seven on seven. Oh, well, and Austin Regents plays Wimberley. That's hey, there you go. That's, that's funny. funny. Um, <laughs> that's an interesting matchup. Yeah. Um, and, and I said, you mentioned me like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like the month of June is like halfway over. Right. Yeah. Because those first two weeks after the magazine goes to press, yeah. might as well not exist for us because <laughs> it's just like us. Yeah. It's it's us reentering the atmosphere Floating and like ether. putting our putting our feet back on the ground. <laughs> yeah. That's essentially all that we do. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us and dealing with an extra long show. Uh, follow us on Twitter <laughs> at DCTF. Like us on that. Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com for Max Thompson and Ishmael Johnson. I'm Greg Tepper, Vince Young. Please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow for Episode 771 on Texas Football Today. <laughs> <laughs>